This is the Unscripted Podcast. I got a question for you. Okay. What weapon did Cain use to kill Abel? Let me just tell you, Bob. So all the way over here, I thought about a way that we could segue into an introduction with this. And you know what I came up with? What? Bob, how do you think Cain killed Abel? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. That's about all the way over. Because, you know, I was studying with the, the, the this lady this morning. Mm-hmm. And on the way over here, I was thinking, like, we need to come up with a way that we don't look stupid when we come out to shoot on this thing. <laughs> and that's exactly what I come up with, too. And, you know, uh, what do you think he used? I don't know. Uh, you know, and, and there ultimately everything from there from here on will be speculation because there's not a man alive who actually knows. The Bible didn't tell us. Yeah, and and uh, I can do a lot of. But I'm, there's a lot of things he could have used. Oh yeah, there's like we think that he used something. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like we think that he used a rock or a stick. I say mm-hmm. that we like collectively, mm-hmm. but I mean, like it could have just been as easy as push him off a cliff. Yeah, or he could have choked him to death. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like right. there's a, there's a lot of ways. Oh yeah, that, that this this event could have happened. Well, and like they weren't. They were they were more modern than what people think than yes, they were. It's not like they came out you, like just to scotch above a caveman. You here. go into the next chapter and they're. They're craftsmen of iron and bronze. Tubal cane. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're craftsmen of iron and bronze. And, okay, think about this. He's a keeper of the sheep, Abel is, and you have to, and he, he brought forth some of his, what'd you, what'd he do? Did he choke the sheep? Did he bring it to God? <laughs> That's right. No, he probably had a knife, you know? If you just keep this thing still for a minute, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best. Lord, hold on a minute. I'm trying, trying to choke out this sheep for right. a second. Right, he won't quit wiggling. He's yeah. biting me. Yeah, no, right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, there had to have been some kind of implement to use. And so, you Okay, know. and then think about this. How did, how did Cain work the ground? Yes. Because I mean, he had to work the ground after that because God said when he kicked out uh, Adam and Eve, he said, Cursed is the ground now, sweat and toil. So he had to use something. So I don't know what he's out there using, but he had to use something, some kind of tool that he had to come up with to work yes, the ground. Absolutely. And so, you know, today what are we going to talk about? We're talking about self defense and the Christian, and 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 that's the that's the bottom line is can a Christian use self defense? Can they defend themselves with a weapon, with a non weapon? Period. Can you defend yourself? So why do you think going back to our question that the Lord? wanted us to why do you think the lord you know we can only speculate with stuff right but mm-hmm. why do you think the lord didn't write in the story what Cain used well because ultimately it's a guns are not the problem knives are not the problem it's personal responsibility is the problem yeah that's that's what he says you remember when he when he asked him where's your brother at and he's i don't know my brother's keeper yeah. you know and and or and you step back one step from that when when he realizes that he, Abel, has brought a more excellent, Hebrews 11 says, mm-hmm. a more excellent sacrifice. Right. You know, it says his countenance fell. When he kind of, you know, yeah. you know, Abel, I mean, a Cain, you know, he's got this smug look about him, and God telling him something real important there. Be careful, son. Sin lies Sin at the door. Sin lies at the door. That's what I was fixing to look up, yeah. Sin lies at the door. And so the reason why he tells him that is because it's always going to start in your heart. That's Jesus right. said it. You remember? That's right. He said, it's not what goes in you that defiles you, but what comes out of you. Because out of the heart proceeds all murders, adulteries, all these filthiness, thing, all the things that pollute us, they don't start on the outside. So it's not what I grab a hold of. 
you know, not my tool, my implement, my whatever. Have you ever worked a – did you ever have to work murder scenes? Oh, yeah, all kinds. So do, so what did people – what are some things that people use? Everything. In, I've, I've worked them with with rope, guns, um, knives. There's a – I mean, there's not one that's, like, coming to my mind, like, something crazy off the top of my head right now, but, like. But yeah, just like uh, poison. I mean, there's all kinds of. You give people, you give people. So here's the kicker to this: is that if you give a man the desire to do something, mm-hmm. you know, at Bible, God says this kind of really unique thing. There's nothing that they set them hearts to now, that they set their hearts to now that they won't accomplish. So that's and, and I know he's talking about like yeah building, Tower of Babel yeah yeah, yeah at ba- you know all these things but but that's true in every situation right. yeah I, I, I'm a, a hammer you know a hammer was used uh several times and that was amongst gang members white yeah. supremacist gang members yeah and so so like there's several times in the Bible like like Absalom you know you ask my boys how Absalom got killed well his hair gets caught in the tree and he ends up with three the Bible says darts in the heart you know so so like a spear or an arrow, he gets three in the heart, right? So sometimes it points to real specific ways that mm-hmm. somebody died. You know, the 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 God writes it in the story so you can see the story. Right? Yeah. I want to read this verse too. If God talking to Cain, if you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desires for you, but you should rule over it. And that's the that's the problem with um with the world today is is the heart problem. It's the personal responsibility. Sin's always lying at the door, but if you do well, you'll be accepted. And and let me just tell you something, Bob. I had this speech worked up in my mind Sunday night before we had our um, thing, or, you know, our Sunday night assembly, mm-hmm. you know. But, Bob, I just want to tell you, you did such a jam-up job Sunday morning and just talking about responsibility. And I just... I know that you talked about some real tough stuff, and I know mm-hmm. that that the things you talked about were, oof, man, they're tough. But I mean, it's a blessing to know that that are your your elders and your brothers and sisters, you know, are supporting you in those things. But man, and and you know, you think about how much the home affects these things. Yeah, I mean this this. Unfortunately, this young man that caused all this devastation in Texas just in the last couple of weeks, I mean, all that comes from a broken home. Another broken know? home. Another school shooter. Yeah, I mean, it's just there's just this common thread that runs through all these things. And mm-hmm. so the question we got to ask and answer ourselves is this. Yeah, could a teacher defend themselves to, against a school shooter? Could they do that? Yeah. And if so... You know, we can offer our opinion. That's but, right. But that really won't matter a whole no. lot. And so, ultimately, if we see that every decision is a spiritual decision, you understand what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like everything that I'm going to do is a spiritual decision. That's going to change the way that I do it. Absolutely. And and the going to go with that, like, whatsoever is not a faith is sin. That's right. And so so let's let's ask, and let's just look at some... 
So, so you have people. I'd say that there's kind of like two schools of thought. Wouldn't you say? You're talking about in Christianity or yeah. in the world? Well, and you can't. You, you, the world will ever be a shifting sand. Always, and but most, generally speaking, though, most of the world, most of the worldly people say it's okay to defend yourself. And so, so just because the world says something's right, doesn't mean that it's right. No, talked about that Sunday morning. Yeah. But so what we need to do then is yeah in Christianity you have those people who stand on the side of self defense and then you have the people who you would consider that would be more on the passive side pacifist yeah and 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 I understand and these are well meaning brethren and and we love them we love them mm-hmm. right but I don't fall into that camp and I'll explain to I'd like to take some time and just look at what the scriptures say absolutely with regards to that is that okay if we can yeah. do that and, and we're right here in, we're right here in Genesis can we can we hit one general yeah, all right, so here's one thing. So so you and your your wife, y'all go running, all right? Sometimes. Jessica go, does a lot of running. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, okay, let's just say Jessica. She's running on the road, and, okay. and you got a you got a pit bull that runs out after her okay. and tries to attack her. Can she defend herself against that pit bull? Yes. Why? Because it's a dog, and it's trying to hurt her. <laughs> exactly. And and so there's there's two principles that God gives to us in Genesis 9 when Noah come off the ark. Okay. And and there are two principles that, that I believe still stand today. Okay. Genesis and nine. Genesis chapter nine. All right. Let's go there. So so he, he talks about Noah comes off the ark, verse two, and the fear and dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and on every bird of the air and on all that move on the earth and all flesh of the sea, they are given in your hand. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I have given you all things, even as the green herbs. Now, little side note here. God had given man green herbs and given every beast of the field green herbs to eat until after the flood. Now, that's why Noah could get along with all these animals on the ark. Right, right. Because none of them ate meat. Yeah, it points to this idea that the the world was there, the world that was, Mm -hmm. was no longer. They were vegetarians. Yeah, so. Chris and Bob would not have survived. (laughs) I'm glad I live afterwards. (laughs) But you know what, though? I mean, to be honest with you. Things that eat meat don't taste as good as things that don't eat meat. Yeah, that's right. You know, so like mm-hmm. that's why cows and stuff like that they taste, taste good. Taste so much better than eating a dog. Yeah, you try to eat a coyote. Good yeah. luck. Yeah, that's right. Or bear, right? Yeah. Like, people, but but even when you you know we me and you've skinned those animals too, and like the just the smell of those animals, right? They're yeah. rough. Yeah, they stink. Yeah, you know, I mean, they just they just stink. You you get a you get a fish that uh, I mean. You know, sharks, they stink so bad. Yeah. You know? Ducks. There's certain ducks that, that you don't want to eat the ducks because they eat fish. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to eat the ducks that eat corn and stuff like that, eat grain. That's right. And so here here we go. So then verse 4, but you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is its blood. Surely for your lifeblood I will demand a reckoning. From the hand of every beast I require it, and from the hand of every man. From the hand of every man's brother I require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood by man, his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God, he made man. And then he tells him, you need to go forth and, and multiply. But this is a, this is a verse 6. Whoever sheds man's blood by man, his blood shall be shed. So there's two things. One is all animals are now given into the hand of the dominion of man. Well, that doesn't mean we can just go out there and beat them with clubs if no, we want to. No, Right? It's, it's, it's subduing. You know, it's, it's the idea that you're going to rule over them that's right, right. If, so, you, if you need to eat one of them you can right, do that right it's not a sin if you if you kill an animal right it's not a sin if you eat a hamburger from mcdonald's and uh and and then the the second thing is is whoever sheds man's blood by man his blood shall be shed there's a 
there's this idea that because he says for in the image of God he made man. So if if uh, if man is going to shed blood, then there's there's going to be some discipline. There's going to be some disciplinary action, and you need to take action for that. Yeah. So then let's let's back up. Then was was this the first time it was wrong? No. Just because God said it, what, what were we, nine chapters into the Bible? Is that when it became wrong? No. No, it was wrong from the beginning. That's right. Yeah, you know, there, 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 there was a moral. When Cain, with the rock, with the stick, with the pushing him off a cliff, you know, yeah, choke whatever. slam, whatever mm-hmm. he did, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, whatever he did to kill his brother, it was still wrong to do that. And, but God, you're you're trying to point out, I think that this there's this overarching thing that God wants us to understand that if you do this, there is there is somebody that sits in judgment over that because of that. Yeah, and that's a man who's going to sit in that judgment. That, that goes that ties into Romans 13. Absolutely. You want to yeah. look at that? Yeah, that's you know, fine. Because we talked about that. Uh, I don't know in the last couple of weeks about the. Christian's responsibility yeah. when we were talking about abortion, but there's a there's kind of a a unique thing that happens in there. Yeah, and I just wanted to point out too that that would okay, if Jessica's running down the road and she can defend herself against a, a dog that's gonna maul her, why can't she defend herself against a man who's gonna maul her? Yeah. And and the, because God has says, Hey, there's a if you whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. So does that mean that Jessica has to wait till somebody draws blood on her before she can draw blood back? No. And uh and so and I, I think that um, you're, you're, she's standing in judgment. That's right. You know, she's making a judgment. Like somebody comes running. Like she carries a. Um, a, a Don't a, say what all she carries. Yeah, she she carries a she's lot. She's ready. Of, yeah, she carries protection with her all the time. Yeah. Not just protection, but enough to make racket and everything. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we practice it. You mm-hmm. know, literally, we practice it at our house. Like, what happens if this happens? You know, so she mm-hmm. can, so she can like go through the motions, right? Mm-hmm. And there's there's even a way that she won't go unless I'm with her. She doesn't even like it in that way when we go run that that she won't do it because she's scared of the dogs. Yeah, she won't go that direction. Yeah, yeah and so. <clears throat> Anyways, go ahead. She, she wants to protect. So what that means is if somebody comes running at her with a tire iron, Right or somebody comes, you know, a car balls up. Some dudes come running out of it. You know what she's got to do? She's got to make an adjust. She's got to make an adjustment right then that they're getting ready to shed blood. So I got if they shed blood, what would they be done? They would be judged, right? Mm-hmm. Do not do I not then have a responsibility to to not let them shed blood, especially if it's my own, right? Yeah, right. So in Romans thirteen, it points to this idea that that look at this right here, Romans thirteen. Verse 1, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority, resists the ordinance of God. And will resist. who resists will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to do good, but to evil. Do you want to be afraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have the praise of them. For he's God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword sword in in vain, vain, for he is God's minister and an avenger to execute wrath on him who protects evil. Why would the word sword be in there and not not, um, whip? Yeah, because, okay, so the sword is an execution thing. The whip is a punishment thing. That's exactly right. You know, because he's showing the finality Mm -hmm. of it. So, and, and here's how you know... Paul wrote this in Romans 13. Mm-hmm. And when Paul is on trial in the book of Acts and he appeals to Caesar, 
He appeals to Caesar and he says, if I have done anything worthy of death, I'll accept my fate. Why is that? Because Paul realizes that God, this, this is even post, that's in the New Testament time period. The, the law that Paul would be judged under will be the same law that, that will be judged under. So Paul says, if I've done anything worthy of death, then I accept my fate. And so, so here's the question then. Is it wrong for me to kill a dog? No. Is it wrong for me to kill somebody that's, that's doing this against me? No. Okay, then let's take it another step. Is it wrong for the government to kill somebody that has killed somebody? Mm-hmm. No, right? Right. So, and, and I want you to – you got something you want to add to this? Well, part of that is, is some people are going to argue that Romans 13 is only for the police officer. Okay. And they're going to say that's only for or military or maybe. military that they're they're only going to say that. And so so what they're what some people in, in the brotherhood will say is they'll go is they'll preach and they'll say well well there's that if a man that that marriage divorce and, and remarriage like they'll start off saying uh okay well well if a man gets divorced before he becomes a Christian Okay, the the the, the I, I follow your logic. Keep yeah. going. If a man gets divorced before he becomes a Christian, then uh, then God doesn't hold him to that standard because he um. There's two standards. There's two saying. standards, is what they'll say. So Christians have one law, and and, and then everybody are, else have another law. Yeah, outside yeah. the body of Christ. Yeah, and, and then and then they'll say, but but once he becomes a Christian, then he can't get divorced. All right, like then then God will hold his divorce against him. Well. If you put that on, let's let's flip that to the police officer side. So a man on the way to get baptized as a police officer, if Romans thirteen is only to police and not to a Christian, and let's so let's just say that a, that a Christian can only that a, that a non Christian can serve as a police officer, but a Christian can't serve as a police officer. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's the, yeah. That, so, that's saying that once you become a Christian, that then you can't be you can't serve in the military, you can't serve as a police or whatever mm-hmm. because there's a chance. That you might take somebody's life. Now, I'll say this: that if you feel so strong that it's a what do you want to call it, like a, a sin to you, a sin to you. You know, James says to him that thinketh that it to be sin to him it is sin. Mm-hmm. So if you think it's wrong, then you need to do it. You know, yeah, you, right, you, right, you need right. to mm-hmm. you you need not do that thing, right? And and Romans thirteen and fourteen is a great one about growing through those things too. That's right. That that you know, like there's just certain things that. Weaker brothers, weaker spiritually, mm-hmm. they have to go through. So if you think that's wrong, you still need to do that, right? If you think it's wrong to yeah, be a police right. officer, but what you're saying, yeah, it's not so, that. Yeah. So if he, so if a police officer is a non-Christian and he and he's on the way to the baptistry and he sees someone trying to kill children and he takes out his service weapon and he kills that person who's trying to kill children, okay, then he's justified. But then some people on the pacifist side who are Christians that that we love, they say, well. Okay, well, if if this law then is is okay for him, that that he needs to, uh, that if he if he you know comes out of the baptistry waters and he's going home and he's got his service weapon and and there's a there's a child trying someone trying to kill children, then he's going to, uh, and if he pulls out his weapon after he becomes a Christian, then now he's going to be condemned because God's you know hold him to this standard. No, that's th- false. I mean, that's false. So you think about this. So let's let's put this in logic. Then let's say that a man. I mean, how many people have we studied with and baptized that have had children outside of wedlock? I, yeah. I'm going to tell you, with 70 mm-hmm. percent of kids born that way today, 
that that means that we're going to have a, a majority, more than likely, of people that are going to fall into that category. Does that mean that that if there are two laws for the Christian and for the non-Christian, right, to the saved and to the lost, that means that that once a person becomes a Christian, if if their marriages don't count, then that means that their kids don't count either, right? Yeah. So do you have a responsibility <laughs> to your kids after you become a Christian? Absolutely. Let's just say you got two like like I've told you the story about the have I told you about the guy with the twenty four kids? <laughs> no. He I, needs a reality show though. No, he needs a I mean, like a hobby is what he needs. Another hobby, actually. But right. but this guy was he was sitting here and and, and he was my age. Twenty four. I got four. Yeah, yeah. And I'm happy they're in Tennessee right now. Listen, I'm telling you, Bob, like he was like he was he was his wife was pregnant with their eighth, her ninth. Right? Yeah. He had been in prison for ten years. Okay. Her eighth child, but their ninth. Her, okay. No no. Her ninth. <laughs> their eighth. Their eighth. I was about to say. Yeah. How's that her happen? ninth. She had one before him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they had eight together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he said that he had 24 all together. He was my age. He was like 41 or 42 Man. and had been in jail for, I figured it up about, you know, like quick math, about eight or 10 years. So he'd only been had about 30 early, you know, maybe 32, 33 years worth of breeding. Yeah. And he had 24 kids. So this old boy, the, I mean, like he had a long road to hoe yeah. in repentance. Yeah. You understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But would we say that he didn't have any responsibility to those kids? No, he had every bit of responsibility to them. Now, I mean, a mess. Yeah. So, so right back on on this for just a second is some people, some of our pacifists will say, Christians will say, okay, well, I I can't defend myself, but I need to rely on the military or the police. That it's okay if if someone's trying to kill me in society, and and now I need to call the police and and let them come and do that. All right. Well, we're right here in Romans thirteen. Well, Romans fourteen twenty two says this: that for this reason, I'm sorry, I'm in fifteen. Let me read it. Rome, yeah, Romans fourteen twenty two. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. And so if a if a if a man were, if if I call the police and the police and the police execute somebody because while they're trying to kill children, all right, and and if it's and if it's lawful for them to do that, but it's not lawful for me, well, I'm approving of that because I called them to do that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. You're just it's, it's the Romans one scenario. You know, like this. You know, the the Romans one thirty two. You know, they have this idea that they're talking about the. The men that have traded the natural use of men, and, mm-hmm. and it goes through, and God's going to condemn those, and also those who approve of it, right? So if you yeah. think it's sinful to do this, and you're approving of it, and you're providing a segue into it, you know what you're doing? You're just as guilty as they are. And you don't need to call the police then. Yeah, exactly right. What you need to do is just plead with them. Mm-hmm. Plead with the crazy person. Please, please put, please stop, stop shooting please children. Stop. Right, right. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I don't care if you got a six round magazine or two thirties duct taped together. Mm-hmm. You, you plead with that guy. Yeah. When he's already got, you know, bodies on the ground, right? Because this guy that went into the, it appears that this guy went into the classroom and locked himself in, and the majority of the people that that 
the mess that he made, the majority of the people were in one classroom, it appears to be. Yeah, it was a, it was a double classroom, Jack and Jill. Yeah, that's what I'm bathroom. saying. Like, yeah, there, I'm just, just one little area. Mm-hmm. So he didn't go in there to shoot people. He went in there to be crazy. You, you understand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and all these people lost their lives because of what he did. He went in there to be crazy. Yeah. So he yeah. just he just and, happened his implement of, of craziness was his gun. Yeah, and and uh, and what's I mean he he got he wrecked his truck and he got out and started shooting at these funeral home guys. They were running down to help him from the scene of this accident. He gets out of his truck and starts shooting at them. Then they run back and they call the police. And this poor teacher goes outside. She hear and she goes outside and hears these gunshots. She goes in and gets her phone. Comes back outside, calls the police. Then goes back inside and she doesn't shut. She doesn't shut the door. Mm-hmm. And that's the door that he came in. Mm-hmm. I mean, left it on. And so he he had already fired, I think they said something like 122 rounds into the school, outside of the school. Anyways, this is a we – could, we could break down that whole situation. There's a lot of people that failed those children that day. and But it doesn't – when there there are evil people who are out there in this world. And, and there's uh, – and so – So let's take a break then, and let's talk about how to deal with the evil people when we come back. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. We've had several um, questions, and we want to take a moment to answer them and introduce ourselves to the community. One of them is, what makes our church special? Well, it's the people. The people here are, we are such a family, and we are a community of people that want to help each other grow stronger and overcome what um, our obstacles. We want to invite you to um, join join us and join our community of people in our family. We are located at 415 South 40th Avenue in Hattiesburg. Come connect with us and join. I want to hit one verse right quick before we go into some of that. All right. And then I think that this will this will help us. So let's go to First Timothy five, and I I know you're familiar with this verse, but First Timothy five and verse eight talks about how that a, a man's supposed to provide for his own. And I just want to use a little reasoning here. It says, but if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And in context here, he's talking about if widows, widows, and and you taking care of your mama, and as a, as a person, and if you can't take care of your mama financially, and and keep her from starvation, you know, then then you're worse than an unbeliever. You've denied the faith. Now, the the question that I have is 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 Paul right to this and saying, well, you need to protect your mother from starvation and protect her from the elements of of the cold or the heat and give her a home. And, and you need to protect her from illness, but don't protect her from rapists and murderers. That's, of course, is what he means, Bob. That's exactly what he means. He means, like, if if, if somebody comes in your mama's house and going to start acting crazy and want to beat her or rape her or something like that, you've done your you've done your part. You made sure she was fed. Does that does – that, does that, No is, sense whatsoever. Is there any logic in that? No. And, and, that, and so I'm, me as, a, as an individual, I have to protect my family. I have to provide for them. And in part of that provision, and we've stated that on the podcast before, that part of that's protection, and and so I'm I'm to protect them from starvation. I'm to protect them from uh, from illnesses. I'm to protect them from rapists, and I'm to protect them from murders. And and people will go, well, well, Bob and Chris, y'all didn't read Romans twelve right before that when talking about loving your enemies. Well, and it well, also says if it's possible, 
in there. Mm-hmm. If it's possible. Live as, peaceably. Yeah, with all men, as much as it lies in you. Yeah. Well, there's a point where you can't live peace. And, and I'm going to say this, and I don't mean this to sound cold, but the best thing that some people can do is leave this world. Mm-hmm. The, the way that they can make the world better is to not be part of it. If you think about this in 1 Timothy 5, this is Paul helping Timothy understand what his job as this evangelist is in, in helping the church there in um, Ephesus. So Paul tells Timothy, son, you got to understand that there's this really special way, and this is how you know this. Look at what he says in verse 7, and these things command that they may be blameless. God wants his people to look, live, act, be, behave, represent in a very different way. So if if you've got your mama at home and you're not taking care of her, can you talk about how much God loves you? No. No. If you got your mama at home and she lives in the worst part of town and you're letting all this bad stuff happen to her, right? Or do you love her? No. No, you got to get her out of that. Now, what, d- does that mean it stops at the at the food and raiment? No. No, not at all. Not at all. And so, so now Jesus is very clear: the kingdom is not to be advanced with the sword. Yeah, that's in Luke uh, twenty-two. Yeah, and let's, let's let's read that because I I want I want to that's a that's a good way to look at yeah, Luke twenty-two and verse thirty-five. Now this is Jesus. You know he's he's kind of stitching it up, right? He's getting to the end. You, you, yeah, you know, with his disciples. With yeah. his disciples, right? So this is the. You know, after the Lord's Supper, the, the, not the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, you know, mm-hmm. and he, he's on his way. This is, you know, somewhere in between the Last Supper, the foot washing has happened at some point. Yeah, and and before before we read this, like, you know, Jesus talking to Pilate. So our pacifist friends, our brothers, will tell us, well, well, the, the kingdom of God is not to be advanced with the sword. We don't, Ephesians six twelve. we don't wrestle, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But but the whole point here is that is that no we don't we don't hold the sword at people we don't hold people at gunpoint to get them in the water with Christianity. the The point is is the sword has its place, and that's what that's what Jesus is going to tell Peter. Yeah, because because he tells them now, you know they they fought about who's greater, and all you know all these things are going on. Peter's not going to deny, you, and Jesus is he's, I mean like he's pouring on them right now, yeah. right? You know it's it's I mean it's coming to a head, so he's pouring on them at this point. In verse 35, it says, And he said to them, When I sent you out without money, bag, knapsack, sandals, did you lack anything? So they said, Nothing. This is where he, mm-hmm. the limited he, commission. He sent them out before, yeah. And he said to them, But now he who has a money bag, let him take it, and likewise a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say to you that this which is written must still be accomplished in me. He was numbered with the transgressors for these things concerning me have an end. This is Jesus, you know, talking about his death mm-hmm. prophecy. So they said, "Lord, look, here's two of them." And he said, "Well, here's two swords." Yep, here's two swords. And he said to him, "It's enough." So why did Jesus say that's enough for? Because there may be a time, guys. There may be a time where you're going to need to defend yourself. The the you're you're absolutely right, Bob, because Jesus didn't say, take the sword and use it to spread the gospel. But now I'm sending you out 
with the things that you're going to need, supplies, the, the, the necessities of the road, because sometimes it's going to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Sometimes and, you're going to need money. And, and, and you got to thank yourself. Think, so think about this scenario. This is, I'm going to tell you, this is a harsh reality. If your house is burning, you got four kids and I got three. If your house is burning and it's collapsing in and you've done went in and got, let's not even use our kids. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got a house that's burning. <laughs> Might get too much. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Somebody's got a house that's burning. Yeah. They done went in and got two of their kids out and now it's starting to crumble. There's no way, there's no way that you can save the last one. Is the right thing to do to run in and save him? Mm. And and you know what you have to say? No. You know why? It's better for the ones alive. It's better for the ones alive to have their daddy. Now, is that a... Oh, man. I mean, is that a... I mean, that just sounds filthy coming out of your mouth. Yeah. But it's but it's the truth, right? Is that sometimes you've got to be able to look beyond... I mean, there were Christians that... Well, that won't happen to me. My house will never burn. <laughs> well, That I won't ever go, happen to me. I'll never be confronted by somebody who wants to kill me. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you right now, I've been shot at twice. Me too. And... I wasn't a police officer. Yeah. <laughs> but you got paid to get shot yeah, at. Right. And and but you can find yourself in some bad situations. Mm-hmm. And and Jesus so now I gotta look at my life and realize that that I've got a responsibility if if I fall off the line, right? If I let a guy harm me, do bad things to me, kill me, whatever, I, I'll have that much less impact. The world would have that much less impact because I'll be gone. Not, not that I'm so important. You understand what I'm saying? Like, just think about this, Bob. Luke writes the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts to one guy. Yeah. To one, he, his intentions were to write it to old Theophilus. Theolo, Theophilus, the there's a most excellent. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Whoever Theophilus is. His intentions. Yeah, one person was 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 important enough. How many people have you ever taught the gospel to that you hadn't used the book of Acts? Exactly. You just think about yeah. that. So his intentions was one person, but two un- books of the Bible told millions. And you look, you, that's what what's twenty eight and twenty four together. Uh, it'll 50 be four, something. Yeah, it'd be fifty two. I mean, you you're talking almost half the New Testament right yeah. there in those two books that yeah. Luke wrote. Fifty two chapters, right? And so, so you think about that, Bob. One person, you got me. Was important enough. One person was important enough for Luke to write, and God could use that. Fifty two chapters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fifty. He got fifty two chapters. Well, let me tell you something, bud. <laughs> Writing all that down. That's exactly right. And think about this. This is just kind of a parenthetical thing. At the end of the book of Acts, it just kind of stops mm-hmm. with Paul in prison teaching yeah. people the Bible because there, there's no more story to write. Right. You, you it, hadn't, it hadn't been told yet. It hadn't been told. So well, it hadn't been lived yet. It had, so they couldn't write about it, you yeah. know? And so so here you are. Luke, Luke writes one story, one one account to Theophilus about Jesus, and then from... Then he writes to him about the church. Hey, let me tell you about the second part. I wrote to you first of all. Yeah, and so here you go. God uses those untold, I mean, Bob, how many millions of people are going to be in heaven or have heard the gospel, untold millions then, mm-hmm. have heard the gospel because of the book of Acts. Yeah, absolutely. And so then you think about this, like I, I, I have a responsibility that, so you might think, well, I'm going to affect this guy with, with me, this crazy guy, this, this crazy guy that wants to, 
do this bad thing, act a fool, and you think, well, I'm going to give my life in 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 exchange for his, because that was the greatest. You know, that's that's the that's the epitome of the gospel. Jesus, Jesus, the 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 the, the blessing of the gospel is that it's the only story where the hero dies for the enemy. Well, I'm going to do that. Don't take that high ground. You can't take that. That's not the high ground. That's exactly right. And so so what you do is, it's like you fight, right? Mm-hmm. You fight for you. You fight for your family. You fight for, for the innocent. The, the, for the innocent because if, if you got one less person teaching the gospel, that's one less amount of people that's going to hear it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so then you have to ask yourself, well, well, how how do you know that's the case? Let's look at. I want you to see what John told the soldiers. Oh yeah, that's a that's a powerful thing too. And and while we're out there with the disciples with a sword, when Peter pulls his out to to swing, Jesus didn't say, "Don't ever use a sword again." He said, "Put it in its place." Yeah, you put it back where it belongs. There's there's a place for it. Yeah, Peter. That, that's and, exactly. And right right now, it, it's not the place. This is when I'm sending you out later. He didn't say. He says, "Those who live by the sword die by the sword." Christians are not people who live by the sword going out here executing people. That's right. But but if you if you do that, you're going to die by it because it's eventually going to catch up to you. That's one thing that uh you can you can YouTube uh heavyweight championship and the UFC and generally speaking, there was not a guy who kept it for more than two years. Why? Because there's always somebody who's going to come along who's going to beat him. And so you in life, you might win some battles with a weapon. But you're going to eventually lose one of them. If you're going to live by that, you're going to die by it. If you're going to live to fight, you're eventually going to get beat. Yeah, because time catches up with you, buddy. It, it does it, to every single one get. of us. And we don't advance the kingdom, but we can defend the, the gospel. We can defend the innocent. And and so, well, I'm supposed to love my enemies. Well, my love for my – the question is, is does my love for my enemies outweigh the love for my neighbor? Or does the love for my enemies outweigh the, the, the love for my wife? Because I'm, lo- I'm husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So I hate to, I hate to say it, but if, I, if, I am, if I'm going to stand by in a passive manner and allow somebody to, to rape my wife before they kill her, then I am, then I am approving of that action if I'm not going to fight for it. Yeah, I mean, and and so you you think about them. I'm approving of that sin. Th- that's exactly right. And and not only that, the guy doing it. What do you think he's gonna think? Exactly. Do you and, think he's worked that in his mind? You know what, Bob is just so nice. I'm over here raping his wife, and Bob is so nice to let me do this. That you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm, go do it again. Yeah. No. Uh, you think he's gonna say I'm gonna give my life to Jesus? <laughs> no, not no, at all. I, Jesus, I'm coming home because of Bob let me rape. Cor- no, no, absolutely not. And then the other thing is, is okay. Well, do I love? Do I love my my neighbor? Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what? And, and if I truly love my enemy, is it okay to allow him to continue in sin? No. Is it is it okay to allow him to continue as a menace of society and no. to allow him to be judged even more? And so and so my love for my neighbor, if this guy's going to do this in my house, then if then what is he going to do to the next house? And so my love for my neighbor should be one that's going to that's going to defend my neighbor. It's going to defend such great my life. logic. That's such great logic, Bob. And I'm I'm glad you brought that up and and you know cuz if you don't do those if you don't like he that sees this, he that has this world's goods and shuts up his heart against his brother, where does the love of Christ abide in him? What are the goods that were? T- we think about material things there, and mm-hmm. that, that's true, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But but what about all the things that can happen? 
You, you, you know, what about all the bad stuff that, that can happen there? Like, I've got – I mean, like, I suppose that I don't care how many guns somebody has. You know, like they can spend their money on whatever. And I suppose that there's a point to where, like, I know guys that will spend money on guns and ammo and stuff like that to the detriment of their family. Yeah, right. And that's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, and that's a decision that, that is, is an individual based on their situation. And I'm not talking about situational ethics. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay sometimes and sometimes it's not. You can't do things, but now what you've done is you, you have used this liberty – Right to protect your family in order to make them starve, so just I can have nineteen ARs. Right, I got nineteen ARs, but I have no rice in the fr- in the in yeah. the cupboard. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, that's where you move into the realm of wrong. So, so in Luke three, mm-hmm. Luke three, there's yeah, a- with the soldiers, they, these soldiers had come to a point of repentance. Yes, so we're talking about people, Lord. There, there is literally at this time only one vocal spokesman for God. As a matter of fact, there hadn't been one in hundreds of years, Mm -hmm. but there's literally only one at this time. So John the baptizer, so here we have John the baptizer out in the wilderness in Luke 3, and these people are coming to him. And he says to them, verse 10, So the people asked him, saying, What shall we do? And he said to them, He who has two tunics, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. What kind of people do you think he's talking to there, Bob? Um, sorry, I was reading something else. People with affluence. Yeah. People that have these, you know, the the reason why, do you know the reason why they cast lot for Jesus' garments for? Mm-mm. Well, it was prophesied. Well, prophesied. But second Look, yeah, of all, Psalm twenty two. Yeah. But second of all, it's because you, how many shirts you got? I mean, you got a real ugly one on today. But how many shirts? SEC championship. <laughs> In what, Bob? Baseball. So if we're at the point of saying America's sport, <laughs> if we're bragging about baseball, older than football, we stink. Okay, <laughs> yeah. and it's like yes, I watched the, the Carolinas la, girls lacrosse team win the national championship <laughs> Sunday, and like dump dump dump. Who cares? <laughs> right? Exactly, yeah. you know, I mean. Yeah, baseball but, and basketball are about on the same level. There's a, there's a group of people that really care about it, and then the rest of the world's like, who could care less? You're so funny. Everybody so, loves football, though. So here we go. You know, they, they cast a lot for Jesus' clothes mm-hmm. because they didn't have 4,000 pairs. I mean, like, literally, when we made the room for the ladies and all over there, we took out – yeah, a, 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 a truckload of clothes, dude. I mean, it was like, what did y'all bag up? I know bag we up? bagged them up. I know what did y'all bag up? Like nineteen I bags? Don't know. It was too many. Trash bags yeah. full, right? The not the little white ones, the big, yeah, the big, the big black, black ones, ones yeah. right? Yeah, the big, the big fifty-five gallon yeah. drum ones. Why? Because we got so much. So this kind of loses something to us. But they took Jesus's clothes because they thought, you know what? I can come out financially ahead with this because I'll have one more pair of clothes. Yeah. So this is what John says. To you guys has got more than you need, give it away. Mm-hmm. To the tax collectors. Teacher, what do we need to do? He said, just don't take no more than what's appointed for you. Mm-hmm. Don't don't take no more than what what you what what you can take. He didn't say quit being a tax collector. He didn't. He didn't say don't quit being a tax collector. He didn't say give all your money. When Zacchaeus comes to Jesus, Jesus he says, didn't tell him to quit being a tax collector. He didn't, and he didn't even tell him. You know, Zacchaeus says I'll restore fourfold. Mm-hmm. That was not in the law. You're right. That was not the requirement. Zacchaeus says I want to go over and above. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, that, and that's the whole point. It's in and uh, as the scriptures tell us, you know, were you called as a slave? Be a, be a Christian as a slave. Were you called while you were while you were uh, free? Free? 
Be you know, be free. Yeah, don't let your liberty be a tool for vice for sin. Yeah. So so if you if you're called as a tax collector, if you if you're repenting as a tax collector, be a tax collector, but don't be a sinful one. So let's look at verse fourteen then. Okay. Likewise, the soldiers. What do soldiers do, Bob? Well, soldiers protect. So, so the so soldiers just—is it who's the loudest wins the battle? No, no. Is it who can do the best? Like, and you think about it, like Rome—they conquered the world with the sword. That's exactly right. And, and and they were advancing it, but they also they would tell the people they're like, okay, we've conquered you now, and you can rebel, and we'll hang you up by a cross outside the city, or you can pay taxes and you'll have our protection. Right. And so, so they were these people were being being protected under the Roman government. Yeah, I mean, you know that that. We're going for a tangent on this. Let's just stop. Let's yeah. go back to the So tangent. soldiers protect. Yeah. Yeah. So they carry swords and spears. Likewise, soldiers ask him, saying, What shall we do? And he said to them, Quit being a soldier and start being a pacifist no, and no. handing out flowers at the at the outpost. No. That's not what he said? No. What did he say? Do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely and be content with your wages. He didn't say throw down your swords. He did not. He did not say throw down your sword. Quit defending innocent people, or and and he or did, punishing evil or punishing people. evil people. Yeah. So so you think about this thing. Then is it wrong? So here's some decisions we got to make in our mind. Are there separate laws for Christians and people that are outside the body of Christ? No. No. And this is how you can know this. Read John twelve and verse forty eight. Oh yeah, that's a good one. We're all going to be judged by the words of Christ. John 12 and verse 48 says, He who rejects me. This is Jesus talking. Yeah, Jesus. And does not receive my words. He doesn't say Christians. This is he. He who rejects me and does not receive my word has that which judges him. The words that I've spoken will judge him in the last day. So whose words will judge us in the last day? The words of Christ. Will he just judge the Christians? No, everybody. Because if that were the truth... Then the worst thing that we could do is preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. If then they will be judged by a supposedly harsher standard, then one of the worst things we can do is make more Christians. Is make more Christians when you're going to be judged harder than other people. Yeah. Then, then, but it's the opposite of that. You know, it's the best thing we can do is yeah. preach the gospel so that there will be more people that won't go into judgment. Yeah. And if you think, well, now uh, only non-Christians can can be like soldiers and only non-Christians can be police officers and correction officers, then every rapist and murderer, their, their best hope, if that's true, their best hope is for a, a mass conversion of police officers and military. <laughs> You know, that's, that's, and the, then and then if, if you're they going, if they wanted to change their situation, yeah. then they need to start preaching to every person that comes into their uh, prison cell. Right, and if and if if the logic of the pacifist is true that only a non Christian could help could could actually take the life of another person and not be held accountable by God, or meaning that that it's okay for a, for a non Christian to take the life of somebody, but it's not okay for the Christian. Then if you're on the side of the road. And if and if this this group of people are trying to kill you, then then your best hope on that in that instance is that is that non Christian heathens are around you, and not and not somebody who's who's standing who's covered under the blood of Jesus. So just just think about that prayer, Lord. I'm so thankful for all those people that are going to hell. Yeah. So they could save me. So they could save my life. 
Just think about that one. It's just so we just we we beg you in in uh if you're if you're a pacifist to to dig in the scriptures and look at it and and I'll tell you there's there's a there's a great brother that has a um that has a a good 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 video on this and that's brother Don Blackwell and uh, searching for truth and uh, and can the Christian that's a YouTube video ain't yeah it? can Christian and self defense and um and so. Don has a he has a very good um very good video on this. But uh so I bet he sounds smarter than we do too. He does. <laughs> but uh but this um but if you if you think about this, it's um it's a it's a it's a very powerful thing. And I think everybody understands that that we I mean, we stand on the side of self defense. And um So so what we need to be having discussions is about number one, punishment. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean the reason why nobody comes in your house is not because they they're scared that they're not going to find anything. They, they the reason why somebody didn't come into your house and break in your house is not because they think he probably don't have good enough stuff. Yeah, they probably don't have good enough stuff. It's because they think that if I come into your house, I'm not going to go back out of it. Yeah, alive. Yeah, I, I've got an actual letter from the attorney general, former attorney general of Virginia, and you know you just talked to because we had this issue come up with like, is it okay for us to have guns in church? And the um, the do you want to have that discussion? Yeah, we can have that discussion. That's fine. That that we need to take a break, Ryan. Let's take a break. I, yeah, and uh, we're gonna come back. One other thing too is um, what about if we don't wrestle against flesh and blood? And because you know that's what Ephesians six twelve says. Then then does that mean that a dad can never use his belt to spank his child? We'll be back after the break. Life in general is about decisions. Every decision that you make has consequences, and you're tethered to every single one of them. Jesus gives us this awesome opportunity that you don't have to make all the decisions in your life all on your own. You see, he invites you to come to him, to learn from him. Jesus gives us this perfect example, and he tells us In Matthew chapter 11, he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm meek and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. We have so much to learn from from Christ. And... He gives us this example of saying, if you really want to learn from me, take my yoke. You see, yokes were used in the, back in Bible times to, to, to put two animals together, to pull a load or to pull a cart or to plow ground. And you would put a, an ox together or you would put two mules together and they would pull the load together. And that's what Christ offers for us is he's offering to pull the load for us. Christ invites us to to come to Him. And we're to be His followers, disciples, learners, people who have yoked in with Him. And He builds a community around us called the church. The church is to be made up of people, people who God have looked at their hearts. You see, the world wants to paint a picture of everything that would divide us. The church is painted a picture of the things that unite us. That Christ, he builds this community that when we've yoked in with, 
with other people. They may be different from us, but we can learn from each other. What a beautiful thing that it is when we can have difficult conversations. There's, there's no conversation that the church can't have. And that's what Christ wants from us, is He wants community that's strong, that's yoked in together, that learns from each other. And most importantly, that learns from Jesus. And He invites us to come, take, learn, and find. All right, so the question is, can you love your child and still discipline them? Well, you can't love your child and not discipline them. Yeah, great. Uh, great. And that's the whole thing is like, can I, can I love my enemy? Well, you know, and, and that, that so without you, discipline. Well, you think about like this, when I, so my company was in Mexico, we get this degree, blah, blah, blah. And so I have to take this class and the teacher, you know, whenever I have to write this thing, you know, it's just fancy writing class. And, and so, there was a school shooting that just happened then, and I don't remember if it was Sandy Hook or something like that, but we went through this thing, and every time he would tell me to write something, it was like, write about a life-changing event. So I told him about when I became a Christian. And he mm -hmm. was like, write. So every time I was doing it, I was just like, I'm going to preach the gospel, preach the mm -hmm. gospel, you know, to it, right? So I was like, if I got one person that's going to have to read this thing, detail, and fact-check me, because I'd cite, you can use the Bible, mm -hmm. you know, as, <laughs> as a source. And so, like, I made him fact-check, you know, like, you know, he's going to fact check these things. Like, I'll make him look up the scriptures and read them. Well, then he was like, no more religious stuff, okay? No no more no more stuff about Christianity. I was like, after about three or four of them, I was like, okay. So so then he was like, um, talk about something. Because one of them was like a controversial subject with a narrow focus. And I was like, I maintain that, the, that there's only one pattern by which men will be saved, according to the New Testament standards. So he's like, just quit that and and... Do something else not related to Christianity. I said, okay, school shootings was um, a hot topic then. I think it was a Sandy Hook one. Mm -hmm. So that, that would date it, you know, five or six years ago now, whatever it was. And I said, I, I took the letters that they wrote, you know, all the letters that the, that the kids had, you know, the, the, the shooters mm -hmm. you know, had written. You know, that left whether they're manifesto or whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. it's called. I'm trying to think of the word. You know, like we, we did this, mm -hmm. and all of them had some kind of atheistic thread to Darwinism in them. We're getting ready to ratchet up Darwinism. We're getting ready to help. The, we're, we're, we're helping the survival of the fittest. And all those things are because they're not taught the right things at home. And so you're gonna, there's a natural progression. If you're not taught the right things disciplined to understand what is the right thing to do, there's, I mean, like you think about this poor kids that are growing up thinking, now I'm a boy. Maybe I'm a girl. I I I think I'm attracted to girls. Confusion. Maybe. Yeah, just so much confusion. When when if you can help them realize that no, that's not the case. That's not the right thing. That you know what that does for them. That helps them to compartmentalize and realize that no matter what society tells them, that's not the right thing for me to be doing. So you you by default help them with those things. So discipline is a good thing. So so then, what we have to do is realize. That we're in a mental health crisis, right? Yeah, we're in a mental. I don't know how you felt about this, but like me and a buddy of mine that used to when I used this was when I was in college. Okay, so this goes back to the nineties. But we we came to this conclusion. We started just checking this thing, right? Mm -hmm. And it was just we were teenagers and just being silly. But one out of every three people are crazy. 
Oh yeah, and and there there has my, a lot of my dealings with people, most of my fights and with people in law enforcement were somebody who was mentally there was a mental health issue, and some standoffs with guns were with mentally health people. You know, and, I'm telling you, you know, and and you know, and when you fight with somebody like this whole idea of like what fights look like in a the movie, they ain't like that. No, At, uh, the majority of every fight I've ever been in, I ended up on the ground. You know, I end up fighting them. I mean, very few fights did we like do the Jason Statham, Chuck Norris type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the slugfest. You know, that yeah. doesn't happen that way. You you mm-hmm. usually end up, you know, dodging elbows and and mm-hmm. everything else. And so, because what happens is when you get into these situations, it ain't about like looking cool for a movie. You, you understand? I mean, mm-hmm. like we don't get to speed the film up and make it look like I can, you know, chop out matches with my with my uh, you know swing speed, right? Yeah. It's about winning at that mm-hmm. point. And so all bets are off when you got when you got when you're dealing with crazy people. So like we had this issue come up in our congregation back home because the one that happened in Tennessee at the at the church up there. Do you remember in that? Nashville. Yeah. So church shooting. The church shooting in Nashville. One of our members was one of our former members was a member there. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I won't say his name. He probably won't say it aloud. But but one of our former members was a member there, so that kind of hit close to home for us, you yeah. know. And the um, so we had the conversation: Is it the right thing to do? You know, because like Virginia's law, for example, says you talking about church protection. Is yeah. it the right thing? Church security? Is yeah, it the to right bring yeah. you know to have guns at church, mm-hmm. right? And you know the the so I called. You know, there was a. It, it surprised me. I'll be honest with you. It surprised me the people that were against it. That was yeah. kind of a surprising thing. The people that I thought would be for it were against it. And so I, I discovered in this that I, I said, well, I've got to get the law. Because people, I had one brother, you know, when we had this meeting, they got real heated. Like very rarely have I ever seen elders invite everybody for a meeting like this. Mm-hmm. Because usually this is going to be such a deal, you know, yeah. that they need to make a decision. But they invited all the men that would. They want thought to... it was heated. Then you wait till it's happening, <sighs> buddy. And we had this conversation, and you know what, man? Like what I realized was that, like, I had guys, somebody that I respected highly, stand up and say, "It's a sinful thing for you to bring your gun into the church building." Yeah. And 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 I want to tell you that the law says, and he stated, he quoted the law. He said, "The law says it's illegal in Virginia." to bring a weapon into a house of worship. He quoted the law. I said, so I thought I thought this might happen. I didn't expect it from this person, but I thought it might happen. So I'd got in touch with the state, I mean, the attorney general of Virginia, and I got him to give me what the law says and then his interpretation of the law. This is the, this is the guy that... The guy, right. The guy, mm-hmm. right? Not Chris, not the Bob. Guy who, the prosecutor, the guy who's going to be doing it. The guy that's going to be doing it. Ken Cuccinelli. I got the mm-hmm. letter signed from him. Now, he's mm-hmm. not there anymore, but he said the you law... You can't find it in the moment. <laughs> no, he's not there in office anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, he said... I'm messing with you about your email. Yeah, I know. I couldn't find the letter. Mm-hmm. But the... the uh, the, uh, he said that the law states that it is illegal to bring a weapon into a house of worship without leadership consent or a reasonable threat. Mm-hmm. And Kinch, uh, Cuccinelli wrote in this letter, I would assume in any situation in our day and time that there's always going to be a reasonable threat. That's what he wrote in there. Yeah. Signed, signed it. You understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So why would he write that for? Because there's crazy people out there. Yeah. So, well, uh, well, Mississippi law today considers your house of worship as an extension of your home. 
like they're they're through the castle doctrine for for you and and your protection the same way castle meaning like this is your domain this is your it's just just like your house and so if someone breaches the doors of our house here with with a firearm and we and and you feel that reasonable threat that they're going to take life then then you have the right to to defend yourself that's what the law states same way with your vehicle that's the castle doctrine you know you have this constitutional carry and uh and so you can you can carry that there's many states that have adopted that but also like mississippi goes on further to state that if you are a part of a church security team as a christian and there's documentation on file with the with the with the church that says you're part of the church security team and you fire your weapon and you and you miss the suspect but you hit somebody who's innocent you can't be held liable through the uh so ben shoots me trying to shoot you and you're the bad guy mm-hmm. ben can't get in trouble ben can't get in trouble for that but also there's civil protection for ben so in other words jessica if he puts one through my eye socket jessica can't come back and sue ben you know later in a civil suit if that's not if ben carries in the church that's if he has if he's on the church security team right if he's technically written down he's on our church security team and he's carrying a weapon and and he uses that weapon and then there's collateral damage from it there's protection under mississippi law that will even will even help him in a civil suit so then let's let's talk about then how to responsibly do this and yeah and that's one thing is you as the church leadership you need to provide for your own there there's we, we need to be wise with the times. You quote that verse quite a bit that, that these men in the Old Testament they were wise with the times, and we need to do that. And part of that is you need to have a security protection team. And if if that's nothing more than than five people who you know that are carrying weapons that they're they're kind of serving as ushers or whatever it might be, put them down. Put it put it in somewhere in a file that they're part, and have your have your church leadership sign that document saying that they're on the because then that it's just going to further protect them down the road. So. Let's talk about, and let's wrap it up with this, all mm-hmm. right? Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you listening, boy? Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I suggest, you tell me, <laughs> yeah, I suggest ahead. that we wrap it up with this, you know, because uh, Ben's going to be holding up his 20-minute sign again on us for long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how important, then, should we, if we're going to make this decision that we're going to do this, how important then is it for us to understand our responsibility and carrying our weapons, knowing how to use our weapons, mm-hmm. knowing you, you'll be able to speak to this a lot more than I yeah. could. You know, as far as your training, training and you yeah. know understanding. So tell me what what then is my responsibility? You talking about if you're as a Christian or as a yeah, church I mean, yeah, team or yeah, yes, all those. Well, I'll just tell you this that like. Um, you, your responsibility to be ready for the fight is always, I mean, it's always your responsibility. And the same way that it's your responsibility to always give a defense to anyone who asks you. So it's just as much, I, th- I feel that it's just as much my responsibility as a husband to, to work every day to provide for my wife and my family financially. The same way it's my responsibility to work every day to get better at providing protection for them every single day. And so, the, to me, those go hand in hand. That's my love for my bride. That's the that's the love for Christ. Christ was, Christ was perfection every single day for His bride. And so that's a that's a great responsibility. And me as a husband, that's the way I'm supposed to to love her. So, um, so with that being said, too, like 
Okay. So, does it does a shepherd take a day off from the sheep to um to to not protect their souls? So let me ask you. Let's let's neck it down a little bit tighter mm-hmm. then, if I can. You know, there. What kind of bullets do you carry in your gun? Well, one, they're real ones. Two, they're they're ones that are going to. Um, are you carrying F? Are you? Are do you have? I'm full carrying. Metal? I'm no. I'm carrying hollow points. Why is that? Because. One is they they won't penetrate as far into walls, but two once they hit soft tissue they're going to expand. So so why why are you doing that for? Well, it's there's the uh, the fact that it's going to one if there's innocence on the other side of a wall there's less likely that it's going to kill them. Two it, if there's um, a suspect then and if it does hit their you know, and then it's if it if it goes into their flesh, it's going to expand and hopefully create a bigger hole to stop evil. You've understood the impact of what you have in your hands, is what you're saying. Yeah, that's right. Because I can, I can, I might shoot through three people with a full metal jacket bullet. Mm-hmm. If I just hit soft tissue, I mean, like there's a chance I could shoot mm-hmm. right through three people's rib cage. Yeah, and not do anything. Yeah. So and that's part of that. Part of that's knowing your target beyond. The other thing is, is that uh, in the church shooting that happened out in uh, one of one of them out in Texas, where there was a security guard, the suspect kills two people. I think it was two. It was, it was two or three people. He killed one of the security team guys as he was going to draw. He brought a shotgun in with a big old raincoat or trench coat or something. And then this guy who had been a he was very trained. He made one headshot with the guy. Yeah. And uh, and he's just you know eradicated evil. Like the news covered it for like a day and a half, and like everybody was like, "Woohoo for this church security guy!" He was hailed as a hero, and like there's nothing else about it. But um, with that being said, though, like there was some video. It was the first ever church uh, shooting where there was video evidence because they had it in their auditorium. Well, there's a lot of things that you're going to do when your sympathetic nervous system kicks in, and that's your fight or flight thing. Either you're going to run away from this incident, or you're going to, or you're going to fight in this incident, and you have that trigger switch. A deer runs. Many times a coyote will run, but there's a time whenever a coyote will fight too. Now, with that being said, there was one person. If you go back and watch that that uh, church shooting, there was a person who who was sitting like almost on the back row. They heard the first gunshot. They stood up. They sat down. They stood up. They went forward. They sat back down. They didn't, and so they didn't know what to do. And there was up and down, up and down, moving over. Well, why would somebody stand up and get down? Stand up and get down. And and the whole the the reason is because when you're not trained in those scenarios, you don't know what you'll do. And and so your body is just reacting and. And, and people go, why in the world would somebody stand up whenever there's a gunshot? Well, possibly part of that trigger system in that person was, oh, I'm going to go fight. And then it's, oh, I don't have anything to fight with, so I'm going to sit back down. And then it's like, oh, but I really should be doing something about this. Oh, but I'm going to sit back down. And they just didn't know what to do. And and so you have to put your body into into situations so that you'll you'll know what to do with. And that's one reason why we train with, with stress tests. And one of the things, but outside of the police academy, a lot of these guys that they, they didn't do a lot of stress on their things. Well, when I when I was got involved as a firearms instructor, one thing that I did, and this caused a lot of problems with my with my brothers in arms, but but we put physical activity into it. You have to run because once you're because your heart's already going to be beating at 150 beats per minute. Well, that's a lot different than shooting on a static line. So. As a responsibility, one that I would say is you need to train. You need to train in a in a situation where don't just go and shoot. Shoot after you've did twenty burpees. 
And, and because that's going to be the reality. I'm coming for you, Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing is, is like, I also realize that there's, you know, there's a, a greater chance at times that I'm just going to, I may be in a ground fight with somebody before, um, before I ever have to use deadly force. And I don't want to ever have to use deadly force because I wasn't trained in ground fighting. And so that's one thing that, you know, that's one reason, two couple of reasons I started jujitsu. One is puts more discipline in my life, puts more discipline in my children's life. And then three, and these aren't really in any particular order, but like I've been in, I've been in three Bible studies with guys who I'm rolling around and, you know, I'm meeting new people. And, and, you know, there's a, one of the, one of the first guys who ever rolled with was, um, you know, Dr. Who, He's one of his students. And uh, so then Dr. Who brought two of his teachers. Well, they're James's three teachers. So I took a selfie with them, and I said, James, I got a lot more uh, I got a lot more um, interaction over you than, than what, you, what you actually realize And because uh, I was there with three of his professors. But a, as a responsibility, as a one trained in, in, a, in a heavy environment, and so then, then there's there's the the physical side, mm-hmm. right? You got you got to know, understand all this and that and other, and then you still have to make. We're back to this idea of making a judgment. Mm-hmm. These guys ball up their tires, jump out of the car. Jessica still has to make a decision, right? So, like the dude that rolls in with the trench coat, somebody rolls in with the trench coat in the middle of August in South Mississippi. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think they're up to something? nefarious i'd say that's a reasonable assumption yeah he should have been checked at the door and yeah he he was somebody who had already been to their church and they had already helped before i believe either Either way way, he needs to be checked you still need to spot crazy yeah so so you know what that's going to require a judgment like we're we're in a society where we're not supposed to judge and Mm -hmm. this and that and the other well you know we're not condemning them to hell what we're no what we're doing is we're making a judgment like i think there's something really bad going to happen here yeah i think there's something bad going to happen here so one thing that, that you can do as a church, too, is, is you can post a sign uh, at your parking lot that all people at all times are subject to um, for security checks. You know, and uh, all all bags, all bags and or vehicles are subject to security checks on this property. This is private property. And so you can post that, and, and you, people think, well, you can't, you can't do that. That's not welcoming. Well, you're not going to be shaking down Miss Dorothy Bollinger when she's walking right. through the door or with her walker. No, we're not doing that. But if there's evil who's going to show up, mm-hmm. that, number one, they're not law-abiding. Mm-hmm. Number two, these people who are, who are, doing, who are going to do evil, they're not going to abide by the laws. The, the most recent shooting that was, that was racially you know, driven up there in, in Buffalo, New York, he drove from a gun-toting society to a – Gun free zone to mm-hmm. make the shooting. They're going to go to these areas yeah, that they that's think why are the gun free zones. Schools, yeah. The Batman shooter in in Colorado, you know, go into a movie theater yeah. where they got signs up and say no guns allowed, and everybody's crammed in. There. I mean, like literally, they're in there like cordwood. Yeah. The dude in Vegas at the concert. Why do you think they do that stuff for? Because when people want to go crazy and and go big crazy, they they work this stuff out in their mind how to go big crazy for a long time. And, and and so okay, well you go well we're not we're we're gonna hire a police officer then to protect our church. That's great. But if you're gonna allow them to commit deadly force to protect you, then then you re, you better check out Romans fourteen because it, you know, and what you approve, you know, that's a you're gonna be judged by the things that you approve of. So that I just I, I think that the pacifist idea does not is not supported fully in scripture that um 
that it's it's one of those. Now, to you, if it's sin to you, then don't do it. That's right. So, yeah. hey, we appreciate you guys coming mm-hmm. or, or listening, you know, tuning in with us, whatever you want to say. And, and We hope this helps you. And if you got more questions, uh, by all means, hit us up. And Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not scared of the questions. Yeah. We may not be able to answer them. And, and this, by all means, was not meant to just be exhaustive either. We just hope that this kind of got the, the juices flowing. Yeah, that's the words I was going to say too. So, hey, appreciate you guys coming, and we'll see you next week. This is the Unscripted Podcast.